would like to say my superpower is empathy. Um, you know, I really do try to navigate from a space of how would I feel in this situation? Hey guys, it's Matt Heldon here with One Trust Home Loans, and this is a Serving Senior Podcast. And we have another awesome, awesome guest for you today. We have Miss Latoya Gibson, and she's been Claiborne and Hughes, and they're a short-term and a long-term rehabilitation and nursing home for seniors. And you know that this podcast is all about highlighting those people that help seniors not just get by, not just survive, but thrive in retirement. And she is definitely the person that does that for seniors. We look forward to sharing and learning what she does and how she does it. So, LaToya, thank you for being here. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. You're yeah. so welcome. If you if you could for a second, you just make sure that you tell everybody how I messed up your name before we got started. <laughs> so, Matt being playful was like, he did this whole intro and he's like, LaToya Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> and it Maybe erupt into laughter. So okay. that was a good start. Not the first, <laughs> not the first time someone's ever done that. No, far I'm from kidding. the first. Far yeah. First. Well, thank you for being here. And I know a lot of people know you and and uh, love your personality and how you help seniors. But maybe you could share with the audience, you know, your background, what you did before this, and how you got into doing what you do. So I didn't really find this. This found me. I've always been a connector and I've always worked in customer service in some regard. So um, when I started doing marketing and public relations, um, although I, I wasn't working in the health field, I always was an advocate or a connector for people. And so it was just a natural progression. Um, I personally went through having um, three grandparents uh, that had to deal with extreme and acute health issues in their latter years, um, two of which ended up in a nursing facility, um, which was kind of sweet on some level because my uh, paternal um, grandmother and grandfather ended up in the same nursing home. So we got to know the staff. We got to understand the realities of it and um, managed our expectations. But we also understood what needed to happen for that to be a, a good experience as good as it could be, you know. Mm -hmm. And so um, I just developed a passion for seniors. And now that I do that professionally, um, I try to be an advocate. You know, I really do take it to heart that people are trusting me um, at their most vulnerable when they're making some really, really challenging decisions. So mm -hmm. I just do it from the heart and I love what I do. Um, as you see, I have no problem communicating. So uh -huh. anything in communications um, is fun for me. And then just marketing something that I'm passionate about is fun for mm -hmm. me as well. Um, I came from uh, being a publicist, uh, working for a chiropractor in marketing. And before I came here, I was an assist working for an assisted living facility in the same capacity. So I've kind of navigated those senior spaces. Um, I've sold Medicare insurance. So yeah, to say that I've worked with seniors is an understatement. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, where's, uh, where's home, where do you live now and where are you from? Where's, oh, where's I from? live in Franklin, Tennessee okay. now, but I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. And um, okay. I spent some years in Southern California and now I'm back in Tennessee and I love it. I absolutely love home. I'm glad to be home. <laughs> Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. What, what part of uh, Memphis did you grow up in? I grew up in what's called Frazier. It's close to Millington, um, but it's kind of wedged between North Memphis, which is kind of the downtown area, and then um, Millington and the Atoka area. So, yeah, that's where I grew up. We we were there. My parents moved there. I think I was two. So, yeah, 
40 something years. <laughs> years. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll edit that part out. Please do. No, 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 I'm just kidding. No, I'm proud to to have made it to this age. Thankful. I'm trying to get where my seniors are. That's awesome. That's great. Well, I, I know that there's a lot of people and there's a lot of businesses in, you know, in senior care and helping seniors, but I, I'd love to hear maybe what separates you from other people. Maybe share with us like your superpowers, I guess you could say, and what makes you stand out in this crowded fields. I would like to say my superpower is empathy. Um, you know, I really do try to navigate from a space of how would I feel in this situation? Um, you know, because a lot of people that I encounter aren't necessarily seniors either. Sometimes it's, you know, a husband or a wife whose spouse um, has had a, a serious issue medically and they need help. Um, mm. But oftentimes it, there are seniors and I would I try to be as patient and understanding as I would want um, mm. if it were me. And then I also look at, you know, the technology divide, the information divide. So anytime I can be a resource or maybe connect them to information that they wouldn't be privy to otherwise, I try to do that. So I think that's my superpower, just being passionate. I know everybody's passionate, but you know, I really do believe in what I do. Hmm, that's great. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And maybe break it down for us. What What do you spend most of your time doing personally inside your business on a daily basis? I would say education. I would say education. I do that whether it's at the bedside at a hospital, whether it's over the phone. Um, it, the The challenge for all of us in senior care, um, right, whether it's you know, a nursing home, whether it's short-term nursing, whether it's hospital acute care, um, whether it's in-home nursing, medical or non-medical, hospice, there are so many different facets to um, care. And sometimes it's just identifying what's the appropriate situation for someone, what'll work best for them. You know, ideally we all would love to stay at home and, you know, not have to change any part of our routine. But when life happens and you have activities of daily living that you need help with, or you you need medical devices or medical care, 24 hour care that you can't provide through a family member, you know, coming to a nursing home might be the right move. If they have, um, cognitive issues and they need to be in a secure location because um, they have elopement issues, a, a nursing home may be the right move for them. Uh, alternatively, you know, if they can afford to, and it's not cost prohibited, where they can be at home and they can get that kind of care, who wouldn't want to do that? So it's just identifying what works best for that person, helping them find payer sources, um, just being a, a conduit for information and helping them once they've got that information sorted out in a way that works for them. Mm. Yeah. That's what I spend most of my days just educating on that. I think we talked a little bit um, via email about how one of the biggest questions I get is I need, or my family ne member needs um, a nursing home. Do I have to sell my house? You know? And so just talking about how we navigate that, what resources are available to them, that that's what I spend most of my day. doing. <laughs> wow. That's a big deal. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that, that empathy goes a long way helping them yeah. work through that. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, awesome. you know, it's no fun. Nobody wants to be in that space. Nobody wants to have to deal with that, but you know, as part of living, as you get older, you know, it's more challenging um, being able to care for yourself and making money stretch. You know, you've got this finite amount of money, no matter how well you plan and you've got to make it stretch longer. Your co-pays go up, you go to the hospital or doctors more often. So it's just so many challenges that are happening 
simultaneously that they have to navigate. And so I just try to help, you know, wherever I can. And sometimes it's just putting them with the right person. I might not Mm -hmm. be the right person, but putting them, you know, getting them to the right person. If they're trying to refinance their home, I might have to send them to Matt, you know? (laughs) So it just, it just depends. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I think the, the interesting um, challenge about what we're all dealing with and how we can all pull together and help is, uh, unfortunately, as you get older, normally your income goes down mm-hmm. and, the, and your expenses go up, and the expenses go up, right? Because mm-hmm. you're used to living in a house that's either paid off mm-hmm. or you have a small mortgage, right? And it's not four, five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars a month. It's much lower. Next mm-hmm. thing you know, need care. And depending on the level of care, right, you could be at two thousand. Uh, I heard one the other day was a hospice situation where they needed like ten thousand five hundred dollars a month until they passed. Was there a monthly spend just on that? You know, yeah. um, so that's where you know. So glad to be visiting with you, where we can help and, and work alongside of folks, where we have the ability to offer them and give them if they own a home to give them money that they could use. Mm-hmm. They still own their house the kids can still inherit the house, but they have senior lending options through the FHA that they don't even have to make a payment on if they don't want to. And they'll still have tons of equity whenever they sell and whenever they pass. So just some unique resources out there. The challenge is we need great people like you to spread the word that there's, there's options out there. And thank you for doing what you're doing. Oh, it's my pleasure. You know, it's so funny. These, and and I say is an ironic Um, The generation that is um, hitting that senior wall now are the planners. They're the ones that squirreled away that money. They're the ones that made those investments. And they really thought that this period of their life was going to look a lot different than it is. And Mm -hmm. a lot of things have changed. Um, And so just helping them, one, come to terms with what is the reality um, and then educating them on and, and demystifying a lot of things. So, mm-hmm. of course, if you put someone in a nursing home in 1980, right, you put your grandmother in a nursing home in 1980, it's going to look very different than a nursing home of 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to pay for a private nurse in 1980, it's going to look very different than all of the options. Some people don't even have minimum hour requirements mm-hmm. for, um, you know, in-home nursing in 2023. And so it's just getting everybody up to speed, getting, you know, like I said, managing those expectations about what this is really going to look like. And then just giving people the hope that there can be a great quality of life after this event, whatever that event was. Um, but just being real and honest about what it's going to look like can, can make all the difference. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I heard someone describe it once that there's three phases of retirement and hopefully you get to experience all three, but the first one's the, the go-go phase, right? Hopefully Mm -hmm. you're still healthy enough when you retire and hopefully you're financially sound enough where you can go and do all the things you've been planning your whole life. Then Mm -hmm. the, the second phase is the slow go phase where you can still go. You don't have as much energy, but you, you go slower and then unfortunately, some people go straight to this, but hopefully get to do all three is the last one's the no-go phase, right? And you hit right, that part right. where you can't go anywhere. And and that's where great people like you and your facility, even though they can't go anywhere, hopefully you can make that as enjoyable as possible in that last phase of retirement. And, you know, that's our goal because um, I had a, an amazing executive director years ago at a, an assisted living I was working at, and he made a really good point and it was, you know, if you do the the most basic things right in that setting, 
it can make all the difference in that person's experience, right? So if they have an opportunity to get the hot foods hot and cold foods cold, and we make the adjustment to their schedule because we've got to meet every person where they are. You know, you can't do everything military style where it's this time, mm-hmm. this time, this time, or it doesn't happen. One of the biggest challenges is just learning people's personalities, right? Mm-hmm. So you can have someone who, who their whole life woke up at six in the morning and they ate a cup of yogurt. That's what they did. Well, that person isn't going to mesh well with an environment where breakfast is from eight to 10. It's a hot breakfast and you either got to eat it or you don't. You know, it's you have to meet people where they are. So doing the basic things, nobody wants to eat when they're they're soiled. You know, mm-hmm. that nobody wants to talk about it, but it's the truth. Nobody wants to do um, as you get older. Getting older is isolating in and of itself. Mm-hmm. We just came out of a pandemic which was isolating, right? And then moving away from everything and everyone you know is isolating. So what's going to be the most important thing to you? Activities, connecting with people. So you've got to make those things happen for someone because you're treating the whole person. Can't get well, can't thrive if you're miserable and depressed. Mm -hmm. You know, so it sounds like, and people try to make it be this really, really complicated thing, but it's really not. It's Mm -hmm. really not. It's about preserving people's dignity, humanity, and um, and then sometimes you're moving through phases of continuation of care, right? So they might start out in an acute hospital setting, come to us, and then eventually go home. So we need to help them navigate those different transitions in a way that preserves their sense of self. So wow. that that's that's what we try to do. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's a great great way of putting it. I think you can give, give them dignity. Right. And then it sounds like you also give their family peace of mind for knowing that there's people like you that are taking care of them when they can't take care of them themselves. So that's pretty awesome. That's what, you know, again, that's the goal. (laughs) That's the goal. And none of these processes, none of these businesses are perfect. Um, But I will say this from my own experience with my grandparents, we were kind of around the clock family, right? Mm-hmm. We, we were the helicopter family. We were yeah. in the mix. And part of that was not trusting the process initially, that, you know, to be fair. But the other part is they don't know this person like we know this person. Mm-hmm. You know, they care, but they can't possibly care about my grandma the way I care right. about my grandma. They yeah. can't possibly care about my spouse the way I care about my spouse. So communicate, mm-hmm. give grace, but communicate. Hey, they like this. Hey, they prefer this. When you have someone to advocate, it makes all the difference, right? So what we also try to do as the employees there is advocate for the people who don't have anybody to advocate mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the combination of meeting the families and, and, and where they are, but then also being family to people who unfortunately may have survived their family. Mm. Wow, that's awesome. Well said. Yeah, well said. Well, maybe um, maybe to put it in kind of concrete for people, could you share uh, maybe a couple examples of how the long-term care, more the nursing home type side, and then also example of maybe some specific people that you've worked with on the memory care mm-hmm. side? Did you catch that? Did I freeze up on you, Matt? You you did. You Fortunately, you yeah. had a smile though while you were frozen. <clears throat> 
Well, I missed part of what you said. That's okay. So I heard the memory care part. Yeah, I was just wondering maybe so people could have like a con in their mind, they could think of maybe the right type of people or maybe even the right type of referral sources, like type of people you need to meet. Maybe a couple examples or one of each, maybe um, a specific person in memory care that you've been able to help, uh, maybe a scenario, and then the type of people that come to the long-term care facility. Okay, so I'm glad you mentioned memory care. So that, oh my goodness, that is a difficult thing to navigate, right? So by the time people recognize that their loved one is dealing with a cognitive issue, it's usually in a very scary place. So I'll give you an example. This actually happened to my family, but I'll I'll mention someone that I'm thinking about that I worked with. Um, their spouse was asleep, good sound sleep, you know, house is quiet. The wife gets up, walks down the street in her nightgown um, and a benevolent, wonderful recognized her, knew not to startle her and brought her back and got her home safely. Wow. They had been dealing, um, you know, issues related to dementia because they didn't get the di the diagnosis yet, but they could see it coming. Right. So what we had to do when they finally did get the diagnosis and they needed to be in a secure environment is educate the spouse on the fact that your loved one isn't being held hostage. If you want to come get them, take them to dinner, spend time with them, allow us to help you do that. Because what we also like to do is allow people to preserve their intimate relationships again, because if you're warden, if you're nurse, if you're not getting sleep because you're trying to make sure that your loved one is safe and not eloping, it erodes your relationship, right? Mm -hmm. If you can't understand words, you can understand feelings. You know, mm -hmm. the feeling of this person is tense around me and this person is a little bit agitated. And so it was causing issues with the relationship. They missed their their loved one being able to be there for them but then it was a it was a lot of challenging issues for them as well so them coming to stay with us in memory care was good for not only our patient but it was also good for their significant other they could show up with roses mm. they could show up and spend time with them and talk to them whether they remembered them fully or not so a lot of times the way we find out about it is a dangerous issue one of the things I would love is when you start to see it happen, when you start to notice those things, being proactive, seeking, you know, medical help. And then as we progress, when you're ready for that, that's the type of referral that we would like someone that we could care for um, and help them navigate because dementia, Alzheimer's, they're thieves. They take away the person that you once knew and it takes away people's independence and it's really hard. Oh. Um yeah, so that's one of one of the scenarios where I feel like we really truly helped. Okay. That wouldn't have been a situation that would have been appropriate for in home because just 24 hours they just wouldn't have had anybody Makes to be sense. able to, to yeah, yeah. So that's, that's one of them. Um what was the second part of that? Oh, maybe at the other side of your business, maybe an example of uh people in more of the nursing home side of the business. Uh, as far as people that we care for. Or yeah. Yeah. Maybe, to... maybe an example of someone that came in was having a tough, tough patch, but you guys were able to oh, yeah, help yeah. them through the process. So the short term part of rehab, which, which is my favorite, um, we have people who get a hip replacement and they come to us and it could be anywhere from seven days to three weeks. 
And we watch that person go from feeling so vulnerable. Now, this is somebody who might have been driving to the store and taking care of themselves and been part of a spin class, like all kinds of stuff before they have to have that and then regain their independence. Mm. That's satisfying all all in in and of itself. And them being able to get that 24-hour nursing care, get the medication they need, get the, the bandage changing that they need, that little extra love and TLC that they need and then slowly watch them get back to a place where they can be independent again. Yeah. I love that. That's one of my favorite parts. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, That is awesome. And then I know that you guys do a great job of, of uh, celebrating your residents and the people there and throwing some good, we always, always see you at some really, really good events. Maybe share what you do for the, the building there, but also what you guys do in the community would be great. Oh yeah. So we try to touch every aspect of our Franklin community because um, we try to touch every aspect possible. So we, if there's a health and wellness fair, we want to be a part of it. Um, If there's an opportunity to have something on campus there where we celebrate our residents, we want to, we want to do it. Um, If there's an opportunity to bring in other people to do things for our facility, we're open to it. Um, So we do like the health and wellness fair that you were a part of, um, we try to bring vendors on property, food trucks, opportunities for to bring the outside world in. Um, and then we also will take them on outings and and go out into the community. And, um, you know, if there's a, a play or something that's going on that they're all interested in, we try to do that as well. So just any opportunity to bring some activity and some energy. Uh, we love when our visitors have pets. So if they've got their shot records and they want to bring their dog or their beloved beloved family pet, bring them on. Um, we love when the kids come, the grandkids bring energy for the whole facility. Uh, uh, awesome. Yeah, we love that. And today we were just part of um, a health and wellness fair for 50 Forward, where we kind of okay. share what we what we offer to the public, because a lot of people don't know that we have in-house hemodialysis. They don't know that we have a therapy gym on site. They don't know that we have certified wound care specialist and that or we have that memory care um secure unit upstairs so yeah just getting ready you know just being able to go out there and spread the word yeah any any chance i get i'm trying to do it (laughs) yeah that's so cool that is cool well uh maybe share too some some background on the type of people that also work at the facility or work for you guys maybe highlight a couple uh, employment situations would be great. Yeah, so we we run the gamut. We have everything from our director of nursing to dietitians to uh, nutritionists. We have um, uh, registered nurses. We have CNAs. We have techs. We just you know any any facet of the medical field we have represented at our facility. Um, like I mentioned, we have a certified wound care nurse. Um, we have the dialysis techs that work in the dialysis den, as we call it, um, our cozy little space for them to get their dialysis treatments. We have uh, occupational therapy, speech therapy, um, physical therapy there as well. So we, like I said, we run the gamut. If someone needs a psychologist, we have psychologists um, that come in and help. So yeah, if they need specialists, we have orthodontists. I mean, just everybody's represented at the facility. Absolutely. Because for our long-term patients, we actually are working in their home. That's their permanent residence. So we try to bring everything possible to them. We have a, a salon 
for them to be able to get their hair done and um, our activities coordinator. Denise is going to kill me for calling her by <laughs> name, but oh, no. um, she's big on doing nails uh -huh. and all, all right. that fun stuff. So, yeah, <laughs> oh, that's got a little awesome. bit of everything. That's awesome. You got to make yeah. them feel make them feel comfortable. If they're going to be there, they need to enjoy it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you guys do yeah. a good job of that. That's so cool. Well, maybe uh, if you could share just for the for the listeners, some resources that you recommend. So maybe when you meet somebody, do you have any go to resources if they're seniors or maybe people caring for seniors that you recommend? Yeah. So first and foremost, um, if they think that they're eligible financially, I would recommend um, applying for Medicaid. I cannot stress enough, even if they have to do a spend down to be eligible, that is something you want to have in place if you did not um, elect to get long-term care insurance, which can be expensive. It can be cost prohibitive to have that. So if they haven't done that and they think they're eligible for Medicaid, absolutely do that. Um, if they are before anything has happened where they wouldn't be deemed um, able to make uh legal decisions, I would absolutely uh, recommend getting with an attorney and making sure that you designate a healthcare advocate, make sure that you have a will um, a, and a living will where what your, um, what your wants are right now. Uh, have that conversation about resuscitation versus do not resuscitate and what that mm -hmm. looks like. Um, advanced directives. Uh, I would also recommend that they get with someone like yourself and make sure that you know, what money they have, they try to make that last as long as they can or to grow it because hopefully they have a lot of years ahead and they may have some expenses that they want to make sure are taken care of. If they've been diagnosed with a, a, a life ending disease or disorder, definitely reach out to a hospice provider. There are so many wonderful things tied into hospice. That can be your gateway into long-term care more easily. It can also be respite stay. If the family needs a little break from caregiving, um, I would have them, if they need uh, medical in-home care, reach out to an in-home care provider. If they need non-medical, if they just need somebody to come in and clean up or cook, reach out for that as well. Mm -hmm. So they could go to, for Tennessee, you could go to Tennessee.gov or you could go to Medicaid.gov okay. um, and get the, that information on how to apply for those things. But just being as proactive as possible is what I would recommend. And then I can speak for my colleagues in Franklin. Um, if you reach out to any of us, even if it's not our respective business, we will link you with people who can help you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's what, and that's what I love about the the senior care. It's it's kind of one of those things where the rising tide lifts all ships, and you kind of kind of get mm -hmm. the vibe that everyone works together. There's there's uh, friendly competition, and oh, yeah. you know I've, a lot of the people that I know they get as much business from other competitors mm -hmm. as they do uh, from marketing because not everybody can you know everybody can't be all things to all people, but also too that you guys have a limited number of beds, right? You're not always. Yeah empty right and you can pass exactly. it around so it's great that you work together with everybody else in town absolutely absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah that's awesome awesome to hear well um is there any um anything that i should have asked you that i didn't ask you i you know what i just wanted to kind of get the message out about that uh resources are there um even if the if you have a situation and you feel like it is just it's too much to bear and that you just don't know how you're going to navigate it. Trust me, someone, even though your situation is you, someone has experienced it and we may be able to help you 
get through it or at least, you know, navigate it the best as possible um, with what you have ahead of you. So just don't, you know, stick your head in the sand and feel like, oh, I've just got to power through this situation. You, There are support groups here um, for people who are caregivers and caregivers is one of the most thankless jobs ever. Um, I applaud people who are doing that and anything we can do to lighten that load, we will absolutely try to do. Mm, that's great. Great advice. Well, I'm sure there's people out there that love your personality, your energy and can tell your, your yeah, <laughs> she's like, be quiet, keep it coming. But, uh, ah, but keep going. <laughs> so if someone needed to get in touch with you as a resource, how's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, so they can always email me. Um, it's my first name, Latoya, L-A-T-O-Y-A. G is in my last name, Gibson, at C-H-H-C. So Charlie Henry, Henry Charlie, okay. Franklin.com. Um, also, they can uh, contact me at the facility at 615-791-1103. Okay. Or they can call me on my cell phone. And as you well know, we live and die by our cell yeah. phone. So. Yeah. Um, feel free to leave me a message or text message me at 901-605-9705. That's so cool. Yeah, thanks. And then just so they know, what what areas of uh, Middle Tennessee do you service? Yes. No, <laughs> <laughs> no all of them. Um, we do uh, Williamson. Uh, we do Davidson. Okay. We have people who've come from Wilson, Rutherford. So what we find is, yes, you know, geographically, we're in this one yeah. space, but it may be more convenient for the the child because they live in Franklin for them to come to us, or okay. it may be more convenient for the parent to come to us. So it just depends. And then, like you said, with wait lists at other facilities that might be in your area, you might be able to get to us faster okay. um, because time is of, an, of the essence when it comes yeah. to short term yeah. rehab for sure. So, yeah, we see people from all over. Okay, so basically, if you're south of Kentucky and north of Alabama, come see. You. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay, we even get referrals from Kentucky, so yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Okay, <laughs> well, that's all. Well, thank you for uh, being who you are and helping out seniors the way you do, and we really do appreciate it. Yeah, um, thank, thank you so much for watching the podcast. Like I said, this is the Serving Senior Podcast. We were lucky again to have another great individual that serves seniors at a high, high level. So thanks again and be looking for further episodes. Have a great, great day. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Matt Helton with One Trust Home Loans, home of Retirement Mortgage Solutions. And we really do appreciate you checking out the Serving Seniors Podcast today. Now, please go to the description down in the body uh, of the podcast where you can subscribe to get future shows. Please click that notification button so you get notified when other shows drop. And also, if you can go to servingseniorspodcast.com, and we'd love to hear a comment about our show. We have a heart to serve seniors, and we have a heart to make sure seniors don't just survive retirement, don't just get by in retirement. We want to show seniors how to thrive in retirement. So if you know of anyone that's 55 and older that could use some extra cash flow. Maybe the retirement's not going the way that they like. Our retirement mortgage solutions are designed for folks, depending on the state, they're either 55 or 62 and older to make sure that they have that kind of retirement that they want 
as long as they own a home and they're in a good equity position, there could be some solutions that they may not have thought about or maybe they've thought of and they just didn't know how they work. That's what we do. So anyone in that age group that could use some mortgage advice, my team and I would love to be able to help them. Thanks again and look forward to seeing you on the next show. Have a great day.